0: Kick back, unwind, and enjoy the ride. J.T. Pendy with The Now on Late City Nights. Katie Chinakes, thank you for joining us. Did I say that right?
1: Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate (laughs) you. How
0: are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much. Really excited. I'm, I'm happy it's summer. So trying to get as much sun as possible.
0: Well, we get plenty here in Arizona. Well, I'm sure that uh, we'll talk about that in a bit because I, I understand you've been out here before. In Arizona. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love where Arizona. You, where are you from right now? Where you, where you reside right now?
1: So um, I actually am bi I live in L.A. and New York City. Uh, however, I'm visiting my family um, where I grew up in Michigan. So I'm here visiting and then I'll be going back to New York or L.A.
0: And you're you're we talked about this. Well, you're you're also a Greek. Yes. Uh, actress as well.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, my name's Kirieki. Uh, it means Sunday in Greek. Also, it means God's day. Um, Saint Kiriaki, she's a saint, uh, was a martyr, and I'm named after my Yaya, who's my best friend, who's 91. Uh, Her birthday's coming up, and uh, that's one of the people um, I'm visiting here while in Michigan. And um, yeah, so I have my Greek heritage, I love being Greek, I love food, I love culture, it gave gave me a real huge gift in life of dynamics of other people's heritage and culture and understanding the respect and although I don't understand um, the language, I can hear the tones in which people speak and I can be in a situation where I don't know people or don't know what they're saying, but I I can sit there and, and embrace and enjoy and admire the respect of different cultures.
0: Now, for people that don't know, you're an actress. And I am. Among other things, among, among many things, actually. And uh, some of the more well-known shows that you've done, I was going through, and uh, you've done CSI New York. Um, you've done It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, huge show. Uh, Cold Case, I believe that's Cold Case Files or something like that, where uh-huh. they kind of go over something that used happened before and they're trying to solve it. Uh, one of my favorites was CSI Crime Scene Investigators. Um, that was the original one, right?
1: It was, yeah, Vegas.
0: Okay, yeah. And uh, Law and Order, of course, everybody knows Law and Order. Um, one of my favorites, which I, I probably won't admit to liking this movie, but Private Valentine, Blonde and Dangerous.
1: Oh, I love you. Oh, yeah. I'm so it was number one in Germany. People give her so much trouble. But yeah. Oh, my God. She was number one in Germany. And she's such a sweetheart. And oh, that was such a film to work on. Thank you for acknowledging and recognizing that piece. Yeah.
0: And what what uh, part did you play?
1: I played her I played a makeup artist. I played her best friend. So um yeah, it was it was I was like, you know, when you're, you know, this and that, you have your entourage that goes around with you. So I was able to um play that in the film. It was it was really, really fun, like girly bonding experience. So right. um she was very open and sweet and vulnerable and she's like, Oh yeah, actually um, you know, my makeup artist would be doing this or my makeup artist would be doing that. So um she was I think she actually got me a couple more scenes in the film because of how open she was she's like oh my best friend would right. be doing this you know yeah
0: <laughs> it, i i thought it was a cute movie when i saw it when it came out it came out quite a bit ago i think it was quite a long time ago wasn't it, mm-hmm. it was, uh,
1: yeah i mean uh minute, over a decade uh,
0: 2008 ago. Yeah. yeah 2008 so yeah. yeah so you it says so you were amber her best friend right
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: funny and so you also produced uh, something called uh hashtag selfie
1: I did and uh, it was such an honor as a female filmmaker. I was um, official selection and winner at the La Femme Film Festival um, as a uh, female director and I also produced it and uh, we were uh, official official selection at the Illy Wild Film Festival as well for um, hashtag selfie. And uh, it was really fun because we went to Coachella, like the whole thing was doing it with the pool and we had a location in Malibu and then it fell through and I'm like, yo, I am not going to Coachella to like shoot this sh- um, this project so we could be at a pool in Malibu and it fell through. I'm like, uh, let's go to Coachella. And we just switched up the script and it's like Girls Weekend, no boys allowed, no <laughs> parents. Let's go to Coachella. And so we did a short film called um, Hashtag Selfie. And then... Um, you know, with the b- big boom of the craze of Selfie and then the pandemic, um, there being Nochella, if you didn't go to Coachella, it'd be like hashtag Nochella. Um, I decided to break it up into <laughs> a six-part web series, and we re-released it during the pandemic, uh, three weeks prior to Coachella, during Coachella, and then like a week or two after Coachella, to kind of embrace the harmony and spirit of Coachella, although it was a short film. Uh, we made it right. into a six-part series. So that was really Really fun to be a creative and be able to like repurpose the content and rebrand the content. You know,
0: what 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 is uh, what is hashtag selfie about exactly? Like, what's uh,
1: the hashtag selfie is the era of uh, you know selfie and like doing selfies and like love and culture and fun and you know it was a really fun character because it's two girls who are like you know from Beverly Hills the ultimate illusion of like wealthy 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 like oh my god poor me like my boyfriend's this (laughs) rock star from Ireland with this accent played by Nikki Scorpio and he he's a voiceover actor as well he's with Vox we're both with Vox and he's a great voiceover actor he's actually uh, my producing Partner in the sophisticated psychos, our co-collective brand, and he he does accents so well that he, we named him Decky Declan, and um, he spoke with an Irish accent, and it was his first time on TV or um, in a as a SAG actor a, SAG after project. So it was really right. awesome for him to be a part of that project. Yeah, and we and we did Girls Weekend to Coachella and no boys allowed, and then like we're out like partying having fun um, the the lead girl my friend Danny sh- uh, played by Jen Shaptai um, she always has insecurities because she's not a stick fi- figure like Sydney and a stick figure like some girls right. she's more <laughs> of full body and so we really um, focus on the issues of body shaming being overweight being insecure as a teen on you know being ashamed of our emotions and not fully are ex- expressing ourselves so we we dabble into um, Um, that for her character, and she was really open and vulnerable. I actually went to her uh, initially because she's a writer. I went to her just to read it, to proof it. And then she called me. And it's so cool because I've heard stories of like Tom Cruise and certain directors and writers taking meetings with like Jamie Foxx and people at like William Morris and at like the huge agencies. And the, the actor will be like, this is my role. Or they'll call up and hunt down. They're like, this is for me. And I felt like that moment because... I remember when she got the call I was waiting on feedback like as like as the writing like yo what do you think about this but she's like Katie I need to play this role. This role is so for me. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, cool. And I'm like, <laughs> I agree. I didn't have to find someone for the cast. She just like, this is my role. And I believed her. And that's what people right. do. Like, that's what we need to do. Like, when you know something, just call it, take it, obtain it. Take what's yours. Like, don't, you know, you just you just do. You're just, in your instinct. Like, oh, if I feel this is mine, like, boom, I'm just going to take it. So, so that was fun. And then through the exploration of being at Coachella, the events, it shows the culture of Coachella for people who've never been or people who've been and they can vibe out and understand the the moment in time of the culture. Um, Lastly, since it was girls weekend we were out partying and i was like wasted and i was like you know texting back and forth with Decky with declan uh and uh and uh i gave him the address and the next day he just shows up and he's there so he like crashes the girls weekend and so it's, it's you know really comical yeah it was a fun fun dark comedy it was a fun fun a, project to i was gonna on. say
0: it sounds it sounds fun it sounds like a yeah fun, something yeah now I'm, I'm also reading here that uh I was doing a little research earlier. You actually have worked with, uh, in one year, you worked with 19 legendary A list stars mm-hmm. like Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, obviously Just, Jessica Simpson, Morgan Freeman, uh, Nicolas Cage. Nick Cage, how was he? Did Mila you know, Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. Yeah,
1: Steve Zahn. Uh, Oh, yeah, I worked with him personally. It was great. It was, you know, awesome. It was really, really epic. And it was a close set because of the content and the respect for the actors. Only whoever needed to be there was there. There's a really cool story. You know i was told by sam pressman um my friend who i actually met on on set on the project um he was telling me that cage wanted to shoot the the gun the whole entire shoot he wanted to shoot the gun in the film but Werner herzog would not allow him to shoot the gun and so although my scene is in the beginning of the movie um when you have shooting schedules it was shot at the end so when everyone's shooting and I come in on the last week of shooting and I'm shooting my scene he's able to shoot the gun and I guess it was a really prolific moment for him to be able to shoot the gun Um, (laughs) so that was that was pretty cool to be a part of something that he wanted so bad you know and then and be able to engage with him and play with him and off of him and what he gave me as an actor and held space for me and honored me and complimented me and all the things like you know we shared in those moments so I hope I get to work with him again in the near future it would be an honor but I'm very grateful for the moments we have so far.
0: What what movie was that?
1: The Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans.
0: Oh, okay, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. And how about, now, how about people like uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro? Yeah. Did you, did you meet them? Did, or oh, yeah. Did, uh,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, again, epic, because the scene um, I was in with De Niro and Pacino, they played in, they in the, the same s- movie? In the same movie, in the same scene, and I was told rumors on set that they haven't played together since that popular film called Heat. Heat is the film. So they were... Yeah. Yeah, I guess whatever... Um, you know stories in Hollywood I was too young to know but I guess since Heat that was the first time they ever uh, played opposite of each other I guess they were in the same movies but they weren't in the same scene so I was in the same scene with them at the same time
0: that's amazing what what movie was that
1: righteous kill
0: ah okay yeah, and was, what was your uh, what was your part?
1: We shot it in uh, Connecticut, and it was uh, taken place, quote unquote, at the famous Italian Salerno's, Salerno's restaurant. It's like this <laughs> Italian like mob thing, and and there is really the restaurant because I remember my friend in New York one time drove me past uptown, drove me past uh, where where it was or where it is or whatever, or where it was I think, um, yeah, and I guess so. It was in that legendary like spot. Um, Well, that's where the quote unquote scene took place. And and um, yeah, like uh, like Pacino, you know, he was just saying his lines, being in the moment, um, saying what he has to say. And then he, um, you know, I said what I needed to say to him. And and then he's he goes, what? And he had me repeat (laughs) what I was saying and i felt like he was throwing me a bone he was giving me an opportunity as an actor because that wasn't scripted but he goes what so i don't know if he was somewhere or if he didn't if he didn't know i was in the scene or not but he's just like what and then i said it again <laughs> and and i felt like in that moment he was definitely giving me space as an actor to act to really be in the moment to listen and to respond right. so that was that was pretty prolific yeah, and I met him another time too, separately, um, <laughs> um, which was which was really neat. Um, my friend Baba G um, met Al Pacino in the '80s when he was in Tuscany doing this film, that film in Tuscany he did, and ever since he's been Baba G. Baba G has been Al Pacino's right hand man um, since the '80s, and I became friends with Baba G separately. And um, one time he took me to. Um, Salome when Al Pacino was playing Salome in Westwood and I saw right. him and James Franco was there. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. And then and then he took me upstairs afterwards to meet Al. And um, this was, I think, before. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think it was before I worked with him on Righteous Kill or after. But one or the other when I saw him. Oh. Well, I don't remember if it was before or after, but but regardless, when I saw Al Pacino at Salome and I met him, I didn't mention Righteous Kill. But then when I was when I met him for Righteous Kill, I didn't mention Salome. So I think I did Righteous right. Kill with him first. No, I think I met him and then we did Righteous Kill. I have to look up the dates to see when he played Salome um, at the I think it was the Westwood Theater um, in in Westwood. But I'll have to look up look look that up but one or the other I remember when I was with him I didn't mention oh yeah I've met you before through this I didn't I didn't say that so I think maybe I did righteous kill um I think I met him and then did righteous kill maybe it was Salome then righteous kill I think that's how it was I think sorry I'm going off on you here I think it was (laughs) okay I think it was Salome and then I did righteous kill but then I didn't mention that I saw him in Salome I think that could have been it
0: Well, now, you're not just, I mean, working with actors, legendary actors like that is amazing to me. I mean, I'm not an actor or anything, but just, you know, being a watcher of films, um, imagine seeing all these guys that you grew up watching or all these legendary movies, and then all of a sudden being in a movie with them must be amazing.
1: Yeah, and it's just natural. It's like, hey, you're my next door neighbor. Hi, how are you? It's like, I'm meant to be here. You're meant to be here. We're here. So it's not like... Like, I would get giddy and all, like, giddy and starstruck, probably like uh, Billie Eilish did with Justin Bieber in her documentary. Oh, my God, it's amazing, by the way. I would probably get giddy about Justin, you know, um, like that. Or, um, you know, but when it came to, you know, De Niro and Pacino, I'm just like, hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're like my, like, older brother or something like that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Not, only, not only are you an actress and obviously a filmmaker with hashtag selfie, but you also... Produce something called uh, a show called Couples Therapy. Yes, I want to kind of go into that because there's two uh, now three seasons. Three third season isn't out yet. I believe. Yes, mm-hmm. um, it's but, already uh, shot. This is yeah, it's already shot. Just need to release it. So this is your deal, right? You produce this, and and this is your this is your your deal, right?
1: Yeah. Completely? Yeah. Yeah. So a little context for you and the uh, listener, uh, by the way, thank you so much for tuning in and, and, and hearing, you know, our conversation back and forth. We appreciate you being here. Yeah. Um, so, so a little context, um, so, you know, with, with doing all the films that, you know, some of which we just spoke about, um, going to the union as an actor and listening to all the different actors and producers. Um, there's um, Jonah Hill. He was very impactful when I met him at the union one time and he was uh, promoting some comedy movie he was in. And then um, this other actor um, who um, she, she played in Juno. Um, she's so cute. Um, the
0: the the star in Juno.
1: Yeah, I think her name's L. Is uh, it L her name?
0: Um, um Ellen.
1: Yes, Paige, Ellen Page, yes
0: Ellen Page, that's yeah. it, yes
1: She was very impactful in the way she spoke and s- some other actors, but what happened was when I'm going to the union events like, you know, uh, multiple times a week and, and, and to the Directors Guild and the Writers Guild and I'm, I'm watching these films and I'm listening to Catherine Bigelow speak as a female director, and I'm listening to these actors and they're talking about technology and they're talking about, hey, you can just pull out your phone and shoot it on a digital thing like you, and then I'm a person who likes to get in action I like, I'm like, oh, if I have an idea, I'm just going to go after and do it so then i produced. so through sag i produced red egg the short film hashtag selfie the short film then i did a web series called trigger flaws everything scripted through the union i gave non um uh, non um union actors an opportunity to be in the union and then what happened was with the with the pandemic so I shifted to like producing and directing and, you know, creating these shows and um, employing right. actors um, and and the whole production, you know, like line producers, editors, lighting, everything. So um, and I'm like a Lucille, like a modern day Lucille Ball. Right. Um, and right. then and then what happened was during the pandemic, um. Admin, you know, the administrative stuff, the, the hoops, the paperwork, the signing in, signing out, all that stuff. And with the pandemic, we couldn't meet up. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I pivoted and I knew because I called the union. I'm like, how come Ashton Kutcher is a union actor in all these popular films, but he can have punked how, and and then and then be himself. Right. So they told me there's a loophole. And this is the loophole. The loophole is if you're a union actor You can do, quote unquote, reality or a show if you're not playing another character's name and it's not scripted. So from my comedy background, improv, stand up comedy from my background and, you know, wanting to lighten the load with um, the pandemic and just to act and have an opportunity. I'm like, let's create an improv web series. Through the pandemic, and we did it on Zoom. My uh, partner Nikki Scorpio in the Sophisticated Psychos. Our music's on sh- the streaming platforms. Our videos are on YouTube, and our you know content we've produced. But um, so we did that. We well, did
0: couples therapy through Zoom.
1: We did it couples therapy through Zoom um, in nice. New York. Yeah, in New York City, and and my best friend, producing partner, and she's a voiceover star too, Alessandra Levy. Um, she was in LA, and we did it on Zoom. And we did like five to like 12 minute episodes and Nikki did all the music. He did all the editing, all the coloring. I produced it. I directed it. We came up with situational comedy, situational things because you know, talking about like, um, you know, manifestation and behavioral patterns and like Dr. Joe Dispenza and our neurological patterns and how we behave and how we're emotionally this and projecting our fear, game, guilt and blame onto other people. So we get, we get into all these like human dynamics and how people could be super crazed being in one space, um, during a pandemic and not only as a solo person, but with, with couples like going to therapy. So we created, we created that series. Um, and the thing, is because it was an improv series and i play quote-unquote katie my name it, it i cut out the fact of needing approval from anyone needing to go through a loophole needing to wait because um sag the union screen actors guild they cut half their staff Everything was a long waiting process for everyone in every company. So I didn't have to wait on paperwork. I didn't have to do that. I'm like, I don't want to wait on anyone. I want to be able to create and go for it and do it my way. But within the boundaries of of being ethical to myself and my craft. So that's how uh, couples therapy was birthed.
0: That's amazing that one, it's amazing that uh, you can do this all during the pandemic and uh, it can come out probably probably more amazing than the other seasons before the pandemic, just because of the the way it is. People are interested. I mean, it's it's a pain in the butt being going through a pandemic, but people are interested in new things and how, how we're gonna solve these problems. And I think that you did an amazing deal by not only did you get around um, the unions and all the paperwork and everything that you were talking about, but you were able to get around the pandemic as well, and I thought I think that's pretty pretty amazing.
1: Thank you. Well, and not let anyone you, stop me, you know and not yeah, not exactly. have an excuse because as humans we find so many excuses of why we can't do something. so I always like to hack to how we can go through it or around it and not let anyone stop oneself from their dreams, goals, and desires, not even a pandemic.
0: <laughs> you see, yeah, you've conquered your fear and you said it right there is. We we come up with so many excuses of why we we can't do something, and uh, to me that's just fear. That's people just you know they're just they're succumbing to their fear. And I like to conquer my fear and and do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. And I, I I cheer you. I I you know I thank you for doing that. And,
1: uh, yeah. Especially well, uh,
0: you're you're a little bit younger than I am. I'm I'm almost forty nine. So um, you're probably in the that generation below me. I'm forty. And, uh, oh, you're forty. So now yeah. Yeah, close. forty. Not, not close. Yeah. For, yeah, I can't but, believe you're forty. You've Yeah, one. But, I'm for, uh, i know. You I'm look for, about ten years younger than that. So
1: thanks. I was well. I was 21 playing. I mean, I was 24 playing uh, uh, 14 on CSI New York, and um, oh, God. and I was uh, you know, like you know, playing a 19 year old on on SVU. So I've always played, like you know, 10 years younger. Um, but yeah, fear is false evidence appearing real. Right. And I thank you for right. honoring and acknowledging and us sharing that communication for, to impact us, to inspire us and, and for the listener who's tuning in. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And talking about you playing different parts, my, my buddy and I were talking about, uh, he was supposed to, Sonny was supposed to be here, but he's also an IT guy and he has, you know, he has a daytime job. So, um, he, he comes on, sometimes we do, you know, an episode here and there, but we were talking about you, and I was like, what really makes, not only does a, an actress has to be, you know, she has to know how to play the part, and, or an actor or an actress, you know, but they also have to have that look. And I can look at multiple pictures of you, and it looks like, if I have four different pictures of you, it looks like four different people, the same person, but four different people. And it's, it, it's hard to explain, but that's really makes a really makes a successful actor or an actress not only if you can act, but if you can look the part, I think that's a huge deal. And I think that you have that perfect look for the, for being an actress. And not only that, but you do, you do a lot of stuff that we're going to go over right now. We're going to go over multiple things. So well, I just, are you an actor or a filmmaker? Go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I just want to say thank you so much. I appreciate you. And, and come and then uh, another beat, another thought coming from a comical standpoint, I'll literally get new headshots or take photos and people like literally they since I was a kid, they're like, is that you? that's you? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. People are like, that's you. And and, and then, so that's some responses. Then some people are like, oh, you're so much prettier in person or like, oh, you look so right. much better in person. I'm like, oh, thanks. But yeah, thanks. But being a chameleon, you know, is, is really important. And, and, um, yeah, so thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate those, those thoughts. And, um, yeah, thank well, you. Well, not only
0: that, it doesn't just go skin deep. You actually, it's it's the whole it's the whole package because you're also a voice actor and an yes. author. Mm-hmm. And uh, vo- like with a voice actor, you're. I know you did. Uh, do you do some gaming like Minecraft? And
1: I was in Minecraft uh, yeah I played the character yeah. soup the the breakdown was uh, Melissa McCarthy they wanted a Melissa McCarthy type I was just visiting uh, you know the kids in uh, Michigan um, and they were playing Minecraft deep in Minecraft and I was visually seeing what was happening and then a week later when I was back in LA I got the audition for Minecraft and uh, I just <laughs> I looked up Melissa McCarthy I, I looked at her mouth and how she moved her mouth and like the right. O's oh, and the way she like spoke and stuff and then i just visualize what i was seeing from the kids playing the game and then um you know watch some of her videos and then i auditioned and i was very viscerally there and then that and then it's like you know it's like you're like a true podcaster. how we do like no video it's just audio and and like it's just a vibe a, a back and forth and it's like you know if someone's in it or not or if it's off you just you just you're in tuned and you know.
0: Yeah. And that's why I like to do good old fashioned podcasts. Cause no one has to pose or try to look perfect. They can just all of a sudden forget everything around them and just get in their mind and start talking and listening and talking. I really think with a conversational podcast like mine cuz I'm a self-appointed genius that excels at nothing but talking. So Yeah, I read that. This is what I have. Yeah, this is this is what I do. So I just talk and I li- mostly I listen. You but, and I uh, are perfect so- for each
1: other cuz I'm a talking walking billboard. I love talking. It's my specialty. <laughs> I love talking. And and to your point right now my my eyes are closed because I can just close my eyes not look at a computer computer screen and really get into the body and and into the stories of of our journey right now so i'm, I'm really excited
0: and that all goes to conquering fear as well i mean because i you know i've attempted to podcast in the past but i didn't like it i didn't like how i sounded or i didn't like how this guest did and one day i just said you know what forget all that i'm just going to do it and yeah. boom everything just dis- everything changed everything you know went forward and so now we're going to do this so you're also it says Georgia and Nancy Drew's best friend. I, I don't read Nancy Drew, so you're going to have to explain that one for me.
1: Oh, yeah. She's 12 years old. Uh, um, um, that's her best friend. So Nancy Drew has a best friend, and that's that's who I play. She's more of a, like a town townboy. Um, and I actually, in video games, they can hire you for more than one character. So um, I actually play right. like four or five characters um, in Minecraft story mode, too. <laughs> so I was on, I was, wow. um, same thing with, uh, yeah. Um, Oh No, that's... uh, Sorry, Nancy Drew. That was Nancy Drew. But same thing with Minecraft. Soup was my main character, but I played some they call like offset characters, some Um, sub-characters. But yeah, so in video games, they can hire you for like more... When they hire you for one role, it's pretty cool because then... It's not always, but it's more than likely they're going to give you other roles too which is really cool and that's the thing is like once a client books you then they know you and they're like oh she was fun to work with she was easy we got it in 15 minutes or 45 minutes depending on the the material she was in and out and then it's like oh I loved her voice and then they think of you for the next one and then so they bring you back to hire you for more projects and especially if they're hiring more than like telltale games like they 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 do like you know so many other video games they do like five other video games so it's like they can bring you back for other projects
0: now when you do voice act you just go into a studio and they is it just is there a screen up there you're just reading lines or do mm. they show you the actual character or, or what do you do how, do, how um, do they do that
1: well now because of the pandemic um even before the pandemic, I've always had a home studio um, um, on both coasts. And now I have a, a studio in Michigan as well. Um, so I have three right. studios. I have three home studios now. And before pandemic, I always because of my social anxiety, I prefer just um, doing it from home. Because by the time you get into a car or get on a train or go into an Uber or Lyft to go to a studio to do an odd. Audition I think you're probably talking about jobs, but just to give you a little context just right, to go do it right. audition I feel like there's so much anxiety and then there's cars and distractions, and I'm an empath so I need to be like Breathing still right. very central getting to a center place So I'm calm so I can like be there for my craft and honor my my the choices as you know my as an actor so that's what I personally like to do however um, now, because of the pandemic, all auditions are at home. Also, because of the pandemic, um, every working professional has Source Connect, so it's a software. So we're being directed how, like how we are right now. It's just people right. tuned, tuned, tuned in, dialed on to an audio, and I hear them in my headphones, and then they direct me, and everything's from home. Pre-pandemic, yeah, there would um, be, you know. Uh, you're in a booth and if you're working with multiple actors, sometimes um there's like one or like three other actors and there's all these uh, mics hanging upside down and and they print them out for you. And it's like on a uh, like on a sheet note stand and you're, you know, going over the roles and stuff and they're directing you through the mic. But that's that's what it was like when you're going into a studio um you know a sound quality studio to be directed right. for a project um that 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 was pre-pandemic now everyone is uh recording from home and it's becoming hybrid where uh people are liking that better some people miss actually going into the booth or the studio but more than likely uh, nine times out, eight times out of town right now it's just home studios and um doing source connect when booking jobs
0: I was going to ask you, do you think it's going to go back to the way it was or is it going to stay, you know, everybody doing things at home or some people? Like you said, it's kind of like a hybrid now.
1: It's going to be a hybrid and that's what it is. A lot of people have announced it. Um, I did see a director today. He's like, oh, after 15 months, it feels good to be back in the studio. Um, It's probably a massive studio where he can be an engineer in in one area and maybe the actor will be in another room. Um, But I I don't think it's going to. 1,000% go back to um, what it was because there's no going back. We have evolution in life and the pandemic happened for a reason. Although it was traumatic, um, it was a blessing in a lot of ways, too, because we were going so fast in technology and the way humans are. And we're trying to, like, get obtain this um, egoic place or to this illusion. But that's why a lot of the um, businesses collapsed and a lot of the grids have collapsed because homeostasis is a real thing balance the yin and the yang and some things that were built on platforms from you know years ago or centuries ago don't um, you know uh, melt into where we're going with evolution maybe it worked then but it's not, right. it, it's not, and it hasn't been working now. And a lot of people are really af- af frustrated with certain corporations and businesses and the way things were in customer service and, and how things were. And so a lot of those things came crashing down. Although, like I said, it was devastating for a lot of people and a lot of businesses. Um, but you know, there, like I said, there's the yin and the yang with everything, where there's bad, there's good, where there's good, there's bad. So we have to always come together as a collective and rise above our emotions and our thoughts and what we already knew and know, know that they are tools and make a new choice to come together, um, you know, for peace, harmony and health and to enjoy life because it's such a gift that we're here. The fact that we're here right now is on a TED talk, it says in one in over 400 trillion. So, I mean, right. it's it's a gift <laughs> and that we're connected. I mean, it's even more sacred and impactful that you and I and the listener will really ever know.
0: Yeah. Well, you're definitely an old soul and uh, <sighs> you took the words right out of my mouth when it comes to change sometimes it takes something like a pandemic or something uh, major for us to to evolve but once we start doing something we don't stop it just we just keep on going with it so I think uh, I think that there's both good and bad in this and uh, I think it depends on the person um, you know how you how you view it and speaking of old souls you're also an author an author mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've released uh, Uh, you're a published author of a new poetry book titled a lover's fairy tale correct Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and
0: can you tell me about that
1: sure sure and i also write for ariana huffington she personally asked me to write for her on the huffington post um, oh, man. years ago. And then, and then she sold it to AOL and she was like a good mother and stayed, um, with the company for like a year while she was getting ready to launch thrive global and thrive global has been booming for like, you know, four or five years now, four or five years now. And she asked me to write for her for Th- on thrive global. So I write for her on thrive, um, anything that inspires, which is really m- more my forte. Cause, um, you know, I can speak about like balance and health and mental health and, Um, You know anything that strums my heart, but the book a lover's fairy tale is beautiful I uh, traveled around the world. So it's one of the reasons why I have my podcast called she's all over the place Um, I love travel. I'm a seeker and um, I uh, went around the world and I traveled to all these different places and I'm a poet and I love language and words and and um, I was celibate for seven years while traveling around the world and I wanted to be in tune with God in nature and experience and fill up my cup Fully um, like I mentioned the gift right. of being here in life So I wanted to fill up my cup fully untainted by another soul or another person's thoughts or emotions based on I, how I saw circumstances were for other people and then being right. like uh, chronically upset by um, other people people pleasing or what other people wanted for them I'm like I want to do what I want to do and and spread my wings and see the world and and appreciate love and not only love in relationship to like a partnership but love of the waterfall love of nature love of food right. love of culture love of the land and I just wanted to experience those things so I then during the pandemic I was like, what's one thing that I've always wanted to do that I haven't done? And I'm like, ever since I was 12, I wanted to, you know, um, be a published poet. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. And so I did an interpersonal challenge for myself on eleven eleven, my birthday. And I said, by the um, spring, on um, World Poetry Day, March 21st, which is also my parents' anniversary, I'm going to become a published poet. And so I released 11 uh pieces i selected 11 pieces and if you go to a lovers and put in your email i send you an automation complimentary beautiful gift of actual spoken word music videos that i finance and self-produce and directed um with uh, a majority of the pieces that are the written pieces in the book that's available on amazon so um right. yeah and then there's- i love how
0: you just i love how you just go for stuff you just do it <laughs> I think I'm going to do that. I think I'll just go do that right now. Yes.
1: Yes, do it. And when I was a kid, my motto, one of my mottos um, was just do it. And just do it is... um, um uh, the nike's uh uh, slogan and as a cross-country runner um i always wore nikes i have a high arch and i'm greek so i was biased but it means victorious people (laughs) nikki to win victorious people just do it so um that's always kind of been my motto in life just go for it right if you're gonna do it do it all the way right if you fail Absolutely. Fail, fail hard and, and and all the successful people will smith everyone they talk about like if you want to see a successful person look at all their fail failures and and how many times they got up and how many times they got better at responding to failure right just responding to the failure in a new way every time is an interpersonal challenge for us to evolve and grow and i mean that's the gift of life that's why we're here one Absolutely. of the reasons i feel he-
0: you have to have the courage to let all that fear go and just move on with your life and and keep taking that next step forward and that next step forward and pretty soon you're a podcast host, you're a musician, you're an author, you're an actor, you're a filmmaker, and uh, I think that uh, you're kicking ass and taking names, is what I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Quality over quantity. Let's make it happen, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have an aka as well, too. What do you you're mean? Called. Also known as.
1: Kiriaki.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that too, that's that's that's
1: that's my Greek name. Yeah. I mean St. St Kiriaki. Kiriaki. Yeah. So I have uh The Sophisticated Psychos um, our brand and uh, we release the music under um, The Sophisticated Psychos, but as my artist name Kiriaki, my my modeling agent, she books me on um under Kiriaki, you know, when booking me. Um I love her cuz she like keeps she like honored my my name, you know, like a lot of people they feel like they don't even know the meaning of their name. And it's so important to understand where we come from, you know, so we know like where we're going and, and to honor Absolutely. who we are and the name, our, our birth given name. And then some people change their names, which I totally admire and respect too. It's totally cool. And we, you know, do a ritual or we give ourselves our own names because it makes us feel good. Whatever's going to make us feel good. I mean, that's, that's really important, you know, but um, the music, Absolutely. I Oh yeah. The music I created um, my new EP, um it's um called full house and uh dj bad boy bill was is a dear friend and um uh he's the best house dj in the world and i uh released a house ep and i you know paid paid it forward in homage to him um for holding such space for us to artists to have uh you know, uh, he has a great business mind and, um, he's very, very talented. So he's always been an, an anchor of mine of someone to admire and look up to. And so, um, I partnered up with subtle energy, the scientist, Eric Thompson, and he encoded, um, quantum physics, uh, healing frequencies into, uh, my music. That's what I wanted
0: to talk about. Can oh. we, can we talk about that? Oh yeah, yeah please. Cause I, cause I've, I've, I've been, uh, I've researched this before, not, not, Uh, in depth, but I've heard about this before. I should say I shouldn't research. I should say I heard about it before and I'm very interested because music is uh, something that I can't live without. So uh, can you, can you explain the science behind that?
1: Um, I mean, Eric Thompson, the scientist, could explain the science better than I could. However, um, I'm very much into quantum physics and healing properties and mental health. And so he has his station where he works from. And basically, I need to give him the files as they will be uploaded, as they will be released on any on the distribution platform where where they'll be seen on all the music platforms on the YouTube. I need to give him the file mastered and how it's labeled. And after I send it to him, he has a hub where he encodes them. And when he encodes them and attunes them, he sends them back to me and says okay they've been attuned they're encoded so when people are listening and they're called sophagio frequencies so if you want to like look it up and do some more research um, he sent me all these frequencies and um first of all when the first ep i released my first solo ep because of the pandemic i had time for self-reflection i took around 22 beats that were all over the place and they weren't released and i i looked at them and i'm like oh this is an ep an extended play not a full album but you know four or five songs this is an ep 30 minutes or more so i'm like i have this ep i have five eps i'm going to release each one separately the first one and i'm a numbers girl so being aligned with quantum physics and numbers i on 10 20 2020 i released hypnotic energy and i selected um 639 hertz healing frequencies and 639 hertz healing frequencies fosters forgiveness for oneself for your relationships, for your circumstances. And I felt like on a planetary level, we needed to all come together and do a lot more forgiving. And everything starts with forgiveness, forgiving self, forgiving another. And so after my vessel called the tune to forgiveness, I sat in that and explored that for a while. Then I shifted, my vessel shifted into, okay, now I've done all this forgiving and it took work and writing and journaling and reflecting and just allowing and opening and letting go and thinking about memories and experiences and just forgetting it all and just forgiving. My vessel attuned and went to 396 Hertz healing frequencies, which removes guilt and fear. And I felt like my vessel was now, was removing guilt and fear from my childhood, removing guilt and fear from my parents, removing guilt and fear um, from my business, from my industry, um, I really, you know, this past weekend when I was watching the Billy Eilish documentary, um, I wanted to announce to everyone in the world, like, I apologize, you know, for being inauthentic, and 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 you know, not only to my craft and my art and maybe to others, but first, first and foremost, I want to apologize to myself for being inauthentic because, <laughs> because I. I've been inauthentic towards myself and it made me really sad and I could see the domino effect of putting on a layer to people, please, of putting on a layer to do this or this for someone else, how it made me be on inauthentic to who I was. So so in the process, not only
0: that, but in the environment you're in. Yeah. That's probably an, an ongoing thing for everybody around you.
1: Major, major, major. And yeah. a lot of and a lot a lot of people are speaking up, like Catherine Heigel, she did an amazing article in the Washington Post, you know, post me too promoting her T V series on Netflix. But she was, you know, contemplating in the article like What if I said all what I said pre-Me Too movement, which got her off the show, Grad's Anatomy, when she said, oh, I don't feel like I deserve this Emmy. She was just being authentic. She was just saying, I just don't feel like I deserve this Emmy, although she got the Emmy, and then she was off the show. But she's like, what if I would have said all that post-Me Too? She, she had, she was very, very wise and she's, I'm all about women empowerment. And, um, so I definitely, um, relate to her and, and other women and men who stand for women and speak up and, and just being in that space. And, and there's this silence, there's mental abuse, there's silence. Like when before Weinstein happened, I knew, I already knew all about him, his coworkers and everyone knew my friend owns, um, uh, two private jet companies, and there's like 3,000 uh, aviation things that, you know, fly in the air as we speak, right. and there's only right. 15 that have these two awards that are, like, the top awards that you can have for, like, the best awards for aviation, and my friend's company right. has those two awards, and they're in the top 15, and Weinstein would always take his private, one of his private jets, and, you know, I don't know what the rates are now, and I know things are different, but just to fuel a plane to go from, like, you know, Teterbird, New Jersey to Paris or somewhere. It's, you know, like seven hours. It's $10,000 an hour. That's like $70,000 just to go on like a G4 or whatever, like private. So one time right. I remember it was like in 2007 or 2008. It's pretty nasty. I've never told anyone this on air before. But um, I remember hearing the story that Weinstein, when he got off the plane, the when the the, the cabin crew or whoever, the people who go to clean it, there was a pile right. of poop in the middle of the plane, plane, he took a shat. He shat. He took a poop right in the middle of the plane, and he dumped it there. That—that's what he did. Jeez. He just—that's what he did. And 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 when did Weinstein get busted? Not too long ago. And and right. I I knew this. I knew this in two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. Like how disgusting and grotesque this person was.
0: You can just see him and look like he, you can just tell he has no morals or values. I
1: know, and whatsoever. and yeah, yeah, and the woman. Um, you know, who was married to him, saying she didn't know what was going on and, you know, I have compassion for everyone and she didn't know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've been going to New York Fashion Week since I was a teenager. Yeah, right. I, I would You're see right. <laughs> her I would see her and him at the Ivy. You know, it's a place to go in New York City. And she like Mark or whatever her brand is, and she would she would do it at the plaza at the hotel. That's where her New York Fashion Week would be, you know, at the Plaza and it was it was the creme de la creme, the one percent as if you know, she was Paris Fashion Week or something in New York with her brand and everyone loving her brand and stuff but i mean she was with him because of his name i can't say all the reasons why she was with him but she had the power the clout the name but then all and then she was loving all of that but i don't know how their interpersonal relationship was but all of a sudden when he gets exposed and he's going down then she's going to get a divorce because her brand can't be associated with any of that i mean that's just absolutely disgusting And but that's that's how people are. And I don't blame anyone. It's a human condition. I was like I wasn't at that kind of level of like, you know, pooping in planes or like having my own fashion line at the plaza during New York Fashion Week. But I've had my own illusions of power and egoic choices that I've made to, quote unquote, get ahead. And, um, you know, I think we
0: all have at some point
1: yeah to make it or whatever but success is measured you check in reflect with self this i i'm so successful i've worked with who i've worked with i'm so successful i went on tour of 50 cent in june i'm so successful like uh, like i haven't gone on 15 tours i haven't even gone on one full tour right Uh, but but i've had these experiences and for me that was enough and once you get to that oh i popped the cherry or i you know ate the cherry or i i did that thing for me it's like okay what's next What's next? Let's yep. let's keep on going, yep. You right? Let's get real and authentic. Lastly, I would like to say, you know, with my conscious and I've had to tune in with myself, with me being inauthentic and, you know, some poor choices that I've made personally, and then knowing the difference between weak and strong, and then checking in with my own morals, values, and ethics, you know, making new choices, but being able to forgive others and forgive myself for those choices. Right. And then we shift yeah. into the removing the guilt and the removing fear, which I've been sitting in for a while with, um, you know, with the music and my soul and vessel and the third EP will be a surprise for you.
0: Well, I want, I can't wait to hear it. I'm actually going to, uh, subscribe to your podcast right now too. Cause I wanted to talk about, I know we talked about it briefly, but she's all over the place. Looks like a really, really amazing podcast. Where, where's that the picture of she's all over the place. Do you remember that picture? It looks like the desert in the background. It almost looks like Arizona.
1: You know, actually one last thought if that's okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. We I have, want... you could have 10 last thoughts if you want. Okay. We're, we're just we're just talking.
1: Oh, cool, cool. Okay, so just to con- kind of go full circle cuz she's all over the place. That's me. I kind of went off on a tangent. I want to focus in hone in to conclude about the sophagio frequencies and doing some more research on that. But, um, you know, from what I've been um, told, some people see, he, he has, Eric Thompson, the scientist has, it's called subtle energy. So you might feel the subtle shifts in the vibration of the spirit and the soul and the energy if you're attuned to that. If you're an empath, maybe you're aware. But sometimes people are so numb and so stuck, like concrete, and we're so... Um, numb because we've been told to hide and put up a shield and we've protected ourselves. That some of us are so stuck, we don't feel the healing frequencies and wh- how they attune and what they do, however, um. I've been told through Eric and, you know, other healers to keep listening. And the more and more you listen, the more and more it attunes. And then maybe journal, um, check in with yourself now. Okay, w- reflect where I am. Maybe if you're listening to it, you're dancing, working out, t- relaxing, whatever. You're listening to it. Any, Not only my music, but any sophagio frequencies that are on YouTube, um, you know, right. or obviously my EP, but... Uh, um, um see check in with self to see if there's any new thoughts new feelings new changes that's how you can kind of know because it's invisible you, you you can't you don't see a thought like you don't see my breath i'm breathing because i'm talking right. over here we're yeah. going back and forth so i'm breathing but you don't see it hope faith um people say you can't see it you feel it but hope is a is an action faith is an action and you see the actions through the pattern. So I feel it's the same thing with the Sophagio healing frequencies that were encoded into um, the, the music I've been making. And I do it because no. not that I'm going to be the next Taylor Swift or Britney Spears, although my ego have has already been them or have wanted to be them multiple <laughs> times. I admire them and love them, and it's their journey. But like whoever hears this podcast, it's meant for them. So whoever hears the music, it's attuned, and it's meant for them to hear it. And not if it was yesterday or you know 15 years from now, our souls connect with what we're supposed to hear and be a part of when it's the right moment right for us Correct. as individuals yeah absolutely. yeah,
0: absolutely. yeah so. I believe that 100% so, so I, that's, think that's I think like that's like my my the reason also that you you hear things you know throughout your life maybe you're going through something so for the next few months you, you notice certain things and I think that's your mind trying to get you to heal yourself or notice things about yourself or about other people that you need, to, you need to take care of.
1: What you just said you is genius. What you just said yeah. is genius. We can only heal ourselves. We can create space for other people, but no one can save us or heal us. We can only do it ourselves. Exactly.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Now, how many, how much, how, how many uh, songs do you have out? I know that you have some music videos, and I know there's some. And, you know, I saw some on SoundCloud. You're kind of all over the place, so you're you're really. I was going to say. I don't think that you could do just one thing. I think that you're too much. I think there's too much in you to do just just to be an actor or just to be a musician. Kind of like a Britney Spears or you know or Taylor Swift, they really only do one thing, you know. So, and although they're they're brilliant at it, they're amazing at it. Um, I still I, I appreciate someone that can actually um, go all over the place, like your you know like the name and your your podcast host um, or your podcast. And I think that's a much more enriching life. I mean, look at, look at Taylor Swift and Britney Spears right now. I don't, I don't know if they're, you know, I know Britney Spears isn't very happy right now, but, um, you know, you get, you get pigeonholed into one area and you're really good at that. And then people don't want to see you do anything else. And I'm glad that you're kind of all over the place because everything you do is, is pretty, pretty amazing. I was, obviously haven't heard everything you've done. I just, you know, I'm researching for the podcast. So I'm, doing a little bit of this, looking at a little bit of that, I read your a poem, I, I listened to a song, I saw a music video. And it's all it's all really well done and really well executed and what I liked about it is there's a meaning behind everything.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate your words. Um yeah, for me I just I just don't see to do one thing is just so boring. Like just to do one thing. I mean, like I mean, obviously Now that I've been all over the place and I've dabbled and and reached heights and success with a lot of things, um, you know, first and foremost is my health. And then after that, I'm a poet. So my words, language, vibration of the sound is poetry. And that poetry can go into music. And my language can identify in voiceovers. When I'm doing voiceovers, I can tap into different characters and utilize my instrument, not my number one instrument, which is my voice, to to change my voice, to really give the depths of my soul as a poet to these pieces as an actor, um, and then being on screen as an actor, having the opportunity to play all these different characters, like you said earlier about, you know, all the different photos, and I mentioned, like, being a chameleon, so that's, that's really diversification for myself. I mean, when uh, young in my career, and a lot of people, I think it's shifting now because People are doing more than one thing. But I remember, you know multi-billionaires who just wanted the best for me and I was a seeker and I was going out asking for their opinion and asking for other people's thoughts of people who were successful and wanting to obtain something that they had but the things that they told me some's good you have to take the you know to take what works and then throw out the rest but the things they were telling me were sincere they were telling me some sounds very level-headed and smart is good some is because it worked for them or other talents that they represent and 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 but this industry changes and the world changes like everything changes so what worked for them and especially being a human and being an artist, we all have our own journeys. So um as we have our own journeys, like I marathoned, I love um Emily Dickinson and I watch it on Apple, I binge it, it's a comedy. But Wiz Khalifa plays death. Wiz Khalifa is a musician he's a rapper he's a poet all rappers are poets musicians they're right. like poets and you know the ones who the right because i mean there are singers who sing other people's poetry like the writers and right. the poets right. are attuned to being like god's angels right who are able to vibrate words and language and sounds through music so we all can connect as humans one song means universe right so wiz khalifa Absolutely. And I remember Ludacris when I was at the Playboy Mansion for one of the of Hugh Hefner's parties. And, like, Ludacris is performing, but he's in the movies. In 50 Cent, I remember he's done music. And I remember, um, you know, my ex-partner uh, partnered up with 50 Cent and, and um, created his production company. And they started producing projects together. And, and, and the thing is, it's like... 50 was doing music and he wanted to get into the movies and now and then I've played a couple movies with 50 and I went on tour with 50 and, and G Unit and so he went from music to acting. So a lot of them are saying do one do one very well and then once you make it then you can branch off to other places and that's very smart. I've had troubles doing that. So one thing I've been very very consistent with is voiceovers because I can get an audition do sent to me that's a rush that's due in an hour, 3 hours. I might have 24 hours, 72 hours, or might, it might be due, due for a week, a week from now. So with voiceovers, it's fun because everything's already set up. I just look at it, make the choices as an actor. I get to read it off my iPad so I don't have to put myself under the stress of memorizing, reading a script that's like 100 pages if it's a feature film, you know, direct, right. l- looking up the director, the producer, the tone of the show, the network. I mean, that's a lot more work you have to do. With voiceovers, I'm so good at just dropping in because I've been so open as my vessels and artist to explore that I can go and make choices. So for me, I've been consistent in my voiceovers. It's so much fun. And then when acting opportunities come, because a lot of times when you're an actor, When casting directors are meeting you for a meet and greet or uh, someone in the industry, they don't want to see that you've been twiddling your thumbs waiting for an audition. They want to know you have a life outside of acting because that life you can put into your actor. So I have a full team set up in New Mexico, Atlanta. LA and New York. I'm represented on all coasts and all the markets and I have a management company and I auditioned actually for Dickinson recently. That's why I marathoned Mm -hmm. it and I found out about it. I was like, oh my gosh, because I'm a poet and it was perfect. But um, because of those things, I'm able to, um, you know, identify with, okay, Poetry goes into the language of voiceovers. A lot of times for voiceovers now you hear a lot of spots they want a spoken word artist. they want a real so they want a rapper musician, someone from Broadway or they want a spoken word artist in a lot of the commercials right. nowadays. So I can put those hand in hand and then my music, I'm a poet and I, um, in my spare time for my passion, I, I grew up in the Detroit electronic music scene. I love I went to DJ Music School for one year. Why? because I wanted to be, not only immerse myself into the DJ culture, because I like admire DJs and I grew up around DJs, all the best DJs in the world that would come to Detroit for all the raves growing up. But I wanted to be a DJ, but there wasn't any schools and all the DJs were guys, and so I was stuck. But now there's DJ schools and there's a lot more DJs. And I didn't wanna go, I already studied with like all the best of the industry in LA and New York for acting on screen and having acting partners and going out for auditions, but then also memorizing scripts that were just like workout scripts. And it's like, you know, I did all that. Like I said, like, you you get tired. You have to keep excited and in and, and the know. So what I wanted to do is this. When you're an actor, you're talk, talk, talk how I'm doing now. But right. the opposite side of what you've been doing and what the listeners been doing and what I do a lot of is listening. So yeah. to be a great actor, it's not only... Talking and knowing your lines, it's when you're not speaking, is one of the most important um, things because um, the way the industry was and the way that it is now, you're on tape. And so when you're on right. tape, when you're on the video and you're not saying your line, what happens to a lot of actors, they're like a deer in the headlights and they go numb and there's nothing going on because they're worried about the next line instead of being in the moment
0: right right
1: so at dj music school i love making commitments i did a one-year commitment i didn't have to memorize anything i didn't have to do um you know scenes i could go and just show up with my ear and listen and attune myself to being a better listener and to develop my skill as a DJ and be and, and have fun with my soul and learn about music and equipment and all the tech stuff, which I find fascinating as a producer. You know, when you're on set, right. I'm always yeah. a model on set talking to people and um I'm always like, yo, what kind of camera is that? What kind of lights are you using? Oh, that's a nice lens. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, so, so I took some time out to be a better listener. um, And I did the DJ music program. So, um, but for me, they all go hand in hand with one another. Um, I couldn't see just doing one thing. Now I'm doing digital art where I do doodles on my art. I love painting, but it cost me like so much in storage over 10 years that I, sold a lot of my paintings, gifted a lot of my paintings away, and I had to get rid yeah. of my storage in L.A., and I gifted over 40 signed pieces to um, to Goodwill. Um, so oh, wow. someone's going to be... Uh, one guy who was a worker actually, a piece was signed by Jessica Simpson and me. And I told him, I'm like, you wait. I'm like, do not sell that for under ten thousand dollars. He's like, oh, I'm not selling yeah. it. He's like, it's going above my <laughs> bed. But yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. A little
0: too much, man. A little
1: bit too. Much, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> well, maybe at a small apartment or something, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give him the we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that
1: one. Yeah. I mean, that's where <laughs> my my mind went to. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But too bad you didn't have that piece. since you like Jessica Simpson, too.
0: I think Jessica Simpson's a good actress. I think she's a good singer. Um, She's obviously, you know, she's obviously beautiful. But uh, I think that I'm not I'm not a big like I don't follow actors and actresses, you know, real big. But when I see her on screen, she seems real uh, genuine to me, like like that's who she would be if she wasn't on screen.
1: Well, so. I, I think she gets it from her mother because I met her mother during um, Paris Fashion Week. We were at the same uh, event at the Plaza Antenne, and uh, I spoke with her mother for a while and her mom was so sweet. So I definitely know she gets it from her mom.
0: I, th- I just like genuine people, whether I don't care if they're actors or singers or, or you know poets or podcast hosts, just as long as they're interesting people and they're genuinely nice people. But uh, so let's let's finish up real quick with your podcast, because I want to make sure that uh. I know we touched on that, but I want to make sure that we, uh, you know, we let people know about that so they can follow you.
1: Oh, OK. Post yeah. Post so post the post photo post. she's
0: all over the place. Yeah.
1: yeah you meant. Photo. Yeah. You meant. Sorry. I'm like, ah. you mentioned <laughs> the photo. Um, I was I know exactly where that was. Um, actually. Oh, my gosh. How exciting. Because this weekend will mark. We will mark. um. The anniversary of when I took that photo because um, I was actually at the Grand Canyon um, three summers ago. So I took that photo three summers ago, and it's so funny because it says, She's all over the place, and it says, Please stay on trail. And yeah. And I, I just loved it. And my I'm wearing glasses so you can't see my eyes. And I actually, um, for season three of my podcasts, um, I was going to change the cover art so you could see my eyes and to be more edgy. And then after like, you know, six weeks of reflection, I was like, and seeing samples, I was like, mm, maybe not. And my mom, she, I just out of the blue, she said to me, she was, she just looked at me straightly. She's like, don't change it. She's like, I wouldn't change it. And. <laughs> And my mom's so honest and real, so, and I'm like, you know, I don't really want to. I really like it. It's like, you know, the juxtaposition and the contrast, right? So I'm like, I really, I really like that. So I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. And um, what happened was, you should.
0: It looks good like that. I like it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, you look
0: like an Arizona girl.
1: Actually. Oh, I went to. Well, what happened was, I went to after Grand Canyon. I went to Sedona. Um, yeah. Right. I just drove right to Sedona after the after being in the Grand Canyon. I actually stayed. Um, On the Grand Canyon, the South Rim um, at El Torvo, this uh, beautiful hotel I read about the guy who uh, built it, I think it was like 1800s, but it's like a lodge. It's so gorgeous. If you look at El Torvo, because the first two nights we stayed in like Williamson or something like that, and it's like 45 minutes an hour, and there's this whole town there, and it's great for filming and stuff. But then when we were there because it was my first time I didn't know you can actually stay on the Grand Canyon. So then we stayed another two nights like on the Grand Canyon and I open up my curtains and I it's the American flag on Independence Day and I'm I'm staring at like you know, the south rim of the Grand Canyon. So it was it was really, really <laughs> epic to be there on Fourth on of July being an independent Scorpio who's never been there before. The history and the land, it's <laughs> it, the energy is so sacred. Just like in Arizona, the, 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 the vortexes and in, in Sedona and I love flag flag is it flagstaff or flagship?
0: Flagstaff. Oh, Flagstaff. Oh,
1: driving through there. Oh, and camping. Oh, I would love to camp there and driving through there. So the the shade and it's cool and all the trees. It's it's one of the prettiest um, visions and that I've ever had in my whole entire life. Actually,
0: people think Arizona is all desert. It's really it's really not all desert. It's about half desert and half forest. So there's actually there's more forest in Arizona than there's desert.
1: I'll, I'll probably meet you there cuz I'm not kidding. I I think I could probably retire there. I'm totally down with retiring in Sedona. Like I could probably have that happen. Um but what Definitely
0: I f- definitely up north, but not you don't want to retire in Phoenix cuz it's it was last week it was 3 days straight of 115 degrees.
1: Wow. Yeah, I heard about yeah. that. It was really really hot. Yeah. yeah. Stay cool yeah. and make sure you have your minerals with the water to replenish on your minerals. You definitely need that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, we I'm a, I'm a native so we 115 isn't isn't extremely hot it's hot but it's not like yeah if it was 115 in new york people would be dying oh yeah whereas whereas here we're just used to it we have acs that are on 24 7 and it you know
1: yeah but up um, in sedona
0: and and Flagstaff and areas like that it doesn't get that hot up there so it's really really beautiful and and uh yeah it's you know i knew that was an arizona picture i've seen that uh i've seen that area before personally so
1: Oh, nice. Good eye. Good eye. And thanks for asking me about it because <laughs> no one's ever asked me about that yet uh, until now. Um, yeah. And then also just to um, chime in on a couple things about the podcast. Um, uh, one, one of the reasons why I did it of, you know, dabbling in the arts, being all over the place, uh, traveling all over the place. When I remember when I was 12, I wanted... So I wanted to absorb information. I wanted like someone in my ear to tell me things that I knew that were important that I wanted that I needed to know. And so right. um, with my, you know, over two decades of traveling the world and being in entertainment, I wanted to be able to pay it forward. So I wanted to start my podcast like seven or eight years ago. I didn't know how to get on the train tracks to start my, pod tra- to start my podcast, but I really wanted to um pay it forward with ethics, morals, and values, and hold space to um, share and hear other people's stories so it can make an impact, right? Like I hope this podcast is for you. Um, And then- totally. And so that's, that's one of the reasons. And now I have a 13 year old niece. So like really, really important. And it's cool. I get to share stories and like, you know, think about like a real 13 year old. And and that's around the age of like me wanting to know pivotal information so I could lead and have the uh, most success and live the best life that I could. Um, and then, and then the other thing is, um, during that, so I started it. Um, and then during the pandemic, i um you know doubled down i quadrupled down and although we couldn't meet up um i connected with my friend in senegal he was you know there, you know, for a year because of the pandemic. My girlfriend, um, it, from Greece, but she was in Milano, uh, going to the number one nutritional school, nutrition school in Milano. Um, so I had her on the podcast. I was connecting with everyone on, you know, on the Zoom and connecting with my f- international friends from all around the world and being able to hear their stories and talk about, you know, art and things they value and, and mental health and nutrition and, and, and talk about all these fascinating topics. And, um, just really hold space for musicians and people to hear about like what they're going through like during the pandemic and and things of that nature so it was i i it was really cool i remember last october my podcast i got i remember they're like oh congratulations one year 2000 downloads and i was just like yay cool and i'm like i was kind of like embarrassed to post it but i'm like nah like celebrate like yeah cool 2000 downloads awesome and then and then all of a sudden now we're in June and I think we have like close to 20,000 downloads and now I have over 4,000 wow. downloads a month. And so I've just been consistent with it. So during the pandemic, um, then I shifted my seasons into one, two and three. So we're head on right. in season three right now. We'll take a break. Season four, I'm doing a women empowerment series and it's I'm just honoring all women and holding space for women based off of my own you know experiences with divine femininity and um so that's what season four is going to be like so so I'm really I'm really grateful of she's all over the place because it's taken twists and turns of the unknown but also not only for others on a journey but a journey within my own soul because season three was focused on um you know it started launching world poetry month national poetry month and and then the launch of my book and then honoring musicians and poets and them on and then having the guests like if they there are poets read a piece of poetry and just incorporating language and poetry through season three that was kind of like the theme and then like i i'm like you know about four weeks ago i'm like oh season four and i had all these women wanting to be on my podcast so i'm like let's do a whole season of just women so i'm absolutely so so it's going to i feel deep in my own divine femininity with mother earth and understanding um my own soul and and hearing stories identifying and then holding space to hear other women's journeys so uh that that's really cool yeah
0: i think it's i think it's a learning process too when Mm -hmm. you the more people you talk to the more you learn about people
1: definitely definitely i think
0: and and that many downloads um man it's taken off keep doing it that's that's amazing i hope that we can get to that point someday
1: Oh, you will, you will, and the, the number one thing is being consistent.
0: Just keep on. I know because I saw on, on uh, Spotify you had tons of uh, podcasts. I mean, you did you did a lot of podcasting, so that's uh, that's pretty amazing.
1: Well, we did um um are we twenty two episodes. See, first the the first one, I. I didn't have it as season one. It was just it was just podcast. And then in season two, I went back and relabeled everything and put it in season, so it'd be like a TV show, so I could. Mentally take care of myself. Take a break right, have the viewers right. know. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not abandoning you I'm gonna take a break and communicate. Hey, I'm gonna take a break Go back and listen to the ones you haven't listened to catch up on those ones I'm gonna relax I, I relax and then boom I and then after I'm relaxed. I'm like, okay And then I learned to batch to do like two to three podcasts a day so then right. so then like season three before the season even started, all the videos were edited, All they were all scheduled, all the podcasts were up there. It's all done. Like my whole, all 22 episodes were, when season three started, they were already recorded. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. To, to be more organized um, and efficient yeah. with yeah. my time and, and resting and to be able to celebrate and honor and promote the actual episodes and so instead of like being up to four or five in the morning editing like I was you know before um I had those experiences yeah, I don't think people
0: realize if it if you do a hour-long podcast it takes two hours to edit it
1: oh you know. oh I I've spent yeah, so. I spent eight hours editing a podcast before yeah
0: eight
1: that's hours a, that's
0: just I don't think people yeah I don't think people get you know like so uh props to you I mean definitely you're you're definitely uh kicking butt I like
1: that. Oh, one podcaster to another. So let's have Absolutely. you on season five.
0: You got it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I would uh, vibe very well on the, you know, all about women. And time. <laughs> My voice is a little too deep for that.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: But definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Anytime you want to have me on, I'd love to be on. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We'll coordinate it.
0: So, Katie, tell us, um, tell everybody that's listening uh, where they can find you and your websites and, uh, you know, everything that uh, they can look you up at.
1: Yeah, I would just say uh, Chinakas.com, C-H-O-N-A-C-A-S, Chinakas.com, TheSophisticatedPsychos.com. All our social media handle links are on both websites, but I'm on all social media platforms linkedin TikTok, instagram all of them uh uh, you can follow like on the facebook uh, katie chanakis so i'm on i'm on all the platforms um yeah but reach out but like i said uh, LoversFairytale.com. put in your email i think this is the best way because then you get that automation and then um when i send out things like you know once or twice a month i can um i'll i put like oh three featured podcasts or check out this series or check out this and so i i give people a, a lot of um art and entertainment so if you're into those kind of things then um definitely uh you know the the best way is to put the email in so i can send you stuff from time to time
0: and what's that called
1: a com uh you just or on my website you just put in your email or you can subscribe from my website, Chinakas.com.
0: Well, everybody go uh, subscribe, listen to the podcast, uh, check out everything that she's doing, especially uh, the new things, the couples therapy, uh, anything, the the new seasons of your podcast, loversfairytale.com. You're doing everything and everybody wishes that they were doing, and uh, I give you props, man. I really appreciate it. And I I appreciate that you're coming on and, and talking to us.
1: Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Katie. Okay, bye, Jason.
0: Bye. What a ride on Late City Nights.